You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 104 of PlayStation Unchained. I'm back. I'm your co-host for this episode, Michael Harridance. And joining me, as ever, is my partner in crime, long-term buddy, slash awesome guy, slash whatever, Ben Shillabill Hall. How's it going, Ben? I'm back. I'm back again. Both (laughs) of us are, man. We both had a um, kind of like a hiatus. Well, actually, to be fair... The podcast has as well because this is, I believe, um, the second time we've tried recording this episode. We were we're actually uh, starting a new kind of um, program for the podcast now. A new schedule will be kicking off uh, once we've done the introduction. So it's actually quite a significant, a significant episode, actually. Uh, yeah, it's um, good to talk to you again, Ben. It's been too long, and it's been too long since I've been on a podcast as well. God damn! Uh, oh, you doing all right, man? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. My laptop died. Well, first my mic died, then my laptop died, so I had to fix my laptop and then get a new mic. Oh, bugger, man. Well, it's good to have you back, dude. Um, and joining myself and Ben, we have, as always, uh, well, actually, to be fair, Neil is the mastermind behind this new ske- um, schedule and everything. So, Neil, how are you doing, buddy? Hello. I'm wonderful. Thank you, Michael. It's good. Uh, yes, it's been fun trying to sort of tweak and make this little schedule change and uh hopefully it'll work this time and the recording won't be cursed because it's not here and it seems to be the, well, well, I'm here the, now, the two so times hopefully. we've had yeah we've had two failures where ben's not been here and say so, so you know my prophecies about it, him being the pillar of this <laughs> podcast are true let's see okay <laughs> or, or i'm not supposed to host so i'm not sure which it is so well, we're fine now. <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah, and yeah, well, it's good. I'm um, good to be back again, dude. Um, so thanks for um sorting all this out and everything. It's uh, we uh, we've been talking about um revamping things for a while. So um, new year, new start, and everything. Uh, and last uh, the last um couple of guys joining us this week. Uh, Gary's actually not here today. We have Aaron and Kevin. How's it going, guys? Yeah, doing fine. Thank you very much. I'm all right. Thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Um. Looking forward to um, unraveling the new schedule, as it were. Well, chaps, um, things are going to get a little bit different from here on out. Also, I just actually, um, a couple of things. Um, Since I haven't been on the show for a while, I know it's a bit late, but Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great Christmas or slash whatever you celebrated. Hope you all had a good holiday and stuff. Yeah, happy holidays, late holidays. Yeah, hope you had a really good New Year celebration. And We're um, we're officially breaking the law at this point by mentioning Happy New Year after the day of the month. Oh dear! Tell well, him. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they can um, have Easter eggs on December twenty eighth, then we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing we did, I did want to mention actually is um, this has been um, it hasn't really been a a great start to the year in the world of um, entertainment. We've actually lost two very um, iconic. Uh, we've lost an iconic actor and musician. I mean, uh, Alan Rickman and David Bowie, respectively, which has been quite a shock to. Pretty much everyone. Um, I think that was in a, uh, that was um, in a space of a week, I believe. And prior to that, we, um, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead passed away over Christmas, and it's just been it's been awful, really. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I still cannot believe. I mean, both of them passed away from cancer, age sixty nine, um, which is in this day and age to me that's way too young. I mean, people these days are living well into their eighties. Um, so yeah, the big C. Um, 
but sadly claim those two. I I mean, death to cancer, I say. I mean, I can't. It's I just every time I turn on the news, there's always something about cancer going on or in the paper or something. But yeah, I think we're all quite shocked here. I'm um, hearing about that, but I thought I'd just put that out there. So um, rest in peace, Bowie and Rickman. Um, um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure in some capacity we've all um enjoyed their work. I certainly um you know I've um I grew up watching Die Hard and stuff. So Alan Rickman, obviously Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I didn't really listen to much Bowie, I have to admit, but I always respected him for what he did, and I do like his music from what I've heard, so there we go. I mean, Neil, you're a fan of Bowie, aren't you? Yeah, I grew up with him. My dad was very much into one of those eras of music. So I grew up with Bowie and Elton John and Pink Floyd and things like that. So, oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah. It's, one of, it's, it's weird to think people like that died. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, and as for Rickman, well, Die Hard his first major film role uh, that he knocked out of the park and just yeah die hard in my opinion is the best action movie ever so yeah and he's a big part of that yeah definitely now i have a machine oh 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 <laughs> classic <laughs> what did it just say oh, hey, 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 motherfucker. Is, mike, is mike a robot now won't <laughs> we think so <laughs> That's Alan Rickman, then. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought the mic was cutting out. <laughs> All right. No, 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 that's how I... No, no, don't worry. That's exactly how it's said. I can assure you. <laughs> Note um, to self. Mike, Mike's German accent. <laughs> Sounds like a robot. Robot, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, chaps. Um, let's crack on with things. Well, first up, we're actually not going to be getting, jumping into news at all. We're going to be talking about what we've been playing slash reviews. And um, I think if it's all right with you guys, I'd like to kick off um, since I've been away and I've got quite a bit to say. Um, I will be as concise as possible. Uh, well, I've been, since it's been Christmas and stuff, I got um, Uncharted Collection, so I've been playing through that and completing it. Um, it's been a while since I actually played the Uncharted games to that, and part of that was a conscious decision because I knew I'd be getting that for Christmas. So I thought, well, you know, I want to play Uncharted, but I can wait, you know, put it off for a couple of months until I get all the games. Um, I love them. I've always liked Uncharted, you know, the games, I think they stand up really, really well still. I I still love the first one, despite it being, you know, it obviously mechanically, storyline-wise, not the best one. I still I still love the first one. I just I, I just think the, um, I really do, I just love the location and the storyline. I don't know why it's always struck a chord with me. Um, so I enjoy playing through that again, and obviously the visual, but all three games look great. I mean, visual improvements were made are very noticeable, in my opinion. Um, I did actually try and get most of the treasures this time around, and I got the trophy and stuff, so I'm quite proud about that, um, including the, uh, or not Lost Relic, uh, Strange Relic, is it? Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, Strange Relic. Yeah, Strange Relic, yeah, so that was cool. Um, I've, um... One after playing them again, one thing has definitely struck me. But I do find that I honestly thought that I liked Uncharted Three better, but I actually don't. I actually like Uncharted Two better, which is really odd. I'm actually the thing of I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. But the thing I find about Uncharted Two is that the pacing seems a little bit better. Uncharted Three is an amazing game, and I love. I mean, certain locations are fantastic. The first half of the game, especially the chateau and things like that, but. Personally, I think that they padded it out too much in the middle. The whole part where Drake gets captured and he has to go through the shipyard and he goes on the cruise ship, even though the cruise ship has an amazing set piece, if you cut all that out, you still wouldn't lose any part of the story at all because it doesn't advance the plot in any way at all. 
apart from oh Sully's been captured oh no he hasn't that's just a dummy you know it doesn't it doesn't forward the plot um expand the plot at all and I think there's a bit of padding going on there which is a shame but I still love that I still love the game but two playing two again um I uh, I just you know just everything just seems to come together so well on that game I can see I can really see why people um praised it so much back then I mean I did yeah. but yeah on ret- in retrospect it's um I, I really do like that game um, yeah, two yeah. is a uh, pretty much the tightest of the three. I mean, all yeah, three definitely suffer from having a bit of padding. You know, the end, yeah. especially to each of the Drake games, is a bit messy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the other and two then are magic got... for some reason. <laughs> yes, yeah. always. Yeah, um, it's yeah, I, I agree with that, Neil. Definitely. Um, I still, yeah, like I said, with Uncharted Three, some of my favourite parts in the series are actually in that game. I mean, the whole playing section. I love the chateau as a location. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's so atmospheric. Yeah. I, I just love it. I, oh, it's just brilliant. And um, um, I do I do love the, uh, the fact that you start off in London and uproar and everyone looks like Grant Mitchell. <laughs> I like the fact that there's a reference to Last of Us. In the yes, I tried to find that, Dumb but paper. I couldn't. I know it's in a newspaper somewhere. But um, yeah, so that was really good fun. Um, I moved, um, Also, I got um, uh, Until Dawn, which was um, interesting. I... I complete, I've only completed one play for it at the moment, and obviously it begs you to go through it multiple times, so that's good because it is a pretty short game. Um, I really, I actually really enjoyed that game. There were some pretty, um, I, I like the, yeah, I've got to be careful with spoilers here. Okay, I like the fact, I, I word this carefully, I like the fact that uh, one of the threats in the game is not how it seems, and it turns out that something else is actually the big bad. Um, I won't say any more on that. I kind of get it. I was going to say, please don't spoil it because I want to get it myself soon. No, no, I'm not spoiling. That's all I say on the plot. Don't worry. <laughs> no. um, it, it's, it's a switch and yeah, it's a switch and bait. Is what it is. All, yeah, I can, all I can say yeah. is, I guess the bad guy from the start. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, after the second cutscene of the thing that you, you might be talking about, I kind of had an idea about what had been going on. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I definitely had I had a few guesses as well. I wasn't always right, but I, I wasn't completely I, uh, right. But I've got most of it right. Oh, except for the part where I wish I had dropped down the entire time. We've got playing. Sherlock in the room. Yeah, <laughs> I um, that I like cliche horror movies. Oh yeah, me too. I love them. Scream and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I um, I ended up with um. Oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, I ended up with only two survivors. Uh, one of my favorite. Um, don't worry, Aaron. I'm not going to spoil the territory. One of my Thank favorite you. characters, actually, I will say a female. One of my favorite female characters actually died right before the end, which I was gutted at. That was just sloppiness yeah, yeah, on my part. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about there, Neil. I yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I was. Um, I don't know. I think there was. I'm trying to. Um, I do have a criticism about the game and stuff, but it's not. It, I don't know why it's hard to put into words. It is and it isn't. It's just. I sometimes felt that. Um, I wish there were. And again, Aaron, don't worry. I'm wary of you here. <laughs> I sometimes wish that there were. Um, more paths that you could have taken in terms of like when they can die and when they can't. I think there were parts where I thought something would happen, and it would be interesting to see if someone died there or something happened there and it didn't happen, it's like certain what it's like too many things happen no matter what you do, if that makes sense. And I think that they yeah. could have branched out. There's one part right at the beginning of the game. Um, again, don't worry, Aaron. <laughs> 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 no, There's one part right that. at the beginning I, I... of the game where two guys, two, two, um, um, uh, a man and a woman are making out and some, uh, something happens above them and it looks like a really close call. And, but apparently if, even if you fell that certain part, they live anyway, and I would have thought something would have happened then. 
but it um it, it regardless of what happens they live and i just i think there's a there's a few um situations where i think that they could have branched out even more gone that a bit much you know. killed everyone in my playthrough oh okay yeah. actually <laughs> the, was... you're, the bit you're referring to mike <laughs> yeah. i think actually you one of them can be killed off earlier because in my yeah, playthrough yeah. one of them did die pretty much about three minutes after that oh okay well like i said i've only played it once so um yeah but um I um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the choices were great and stuff. And don't get me wrong, but when people did die, I I, I had several times where I, a couple of times where I was honestly shocked, and I, that was great because you wanted to shock you. And there was a lot of stuff in the, uh, uh, let's just say, when you're exploring with a certain character and you discover a certain something, a, a, a grisly find, shall we say, um, which is uh, pretty awesome. Neil, you probably have uh, probably have an idea of what I'm talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the darkness and stuff, and you turn it around, and it turns out to be uh, well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so that part was really <laughs> awesome. That won't make sense to anyone who hasn't played it, but trust me, you'll know when you see it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's like to me, it's in terms of like the interactivity and stuff. It, it to me, it's pretty much a lot like um, along the lines of um, Heavy Rain, but in a slasher film. I.e., the type, the kind of like the yeah. movements. It's quick time based. You can move around, but it is restricted in a sense. It's quite linear in that sense as well, but obviously you have the branch and story path. So that appealed to me. I just need to make sure that I go through it again. So yeah, um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, but I know for a fact that you can get diff- a lot of different endings. So I really need to make sure I play that through again. Because if you, you just play it first time through and think, oh, that's it. What happened to this? What about this? Then you're not, you know, you need to go through it again, definitely. So, yeah. um, I mean, it covers its yeah. bases very well, actually, with deaths and you know, clocks holes it's actually pretty good in that but it's mainly because they subvert the whole horror thing part way through and goes a bit cabin in the woods yes 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 definitely. yeah i mean that, yeah that but a good. better cabin in, uh, cabin in the woods is actually good I find. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was still a, yeah. yeah it was still a bit unsatisfying as things go but you know, not quite as bad as that film no, no, yeah, I know it's it's got, it has its ups and downs, but yeah, definitely. And I like and the fact that the main thing is obviously with a game like that is I actually did care about the characters, or at least the ones that I liked. So that's good because you need to care about them. If you don't, then it's yeah. it falls flat on its ass. So yeah, and your opinion that, but... changes too. I found as well. It does, yeah, it does, yeah. That was good. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I was always rooting for Mike, so I like Mike. No, I'm biased. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but. Okay. Um. Well, apart from that, I've been on um. I've been on Shenmue on the Dreamcast. I usually it's been 15 years since I got the game, Christmas 2000. So I bought that out, dusted it off. Um. Glad to say my Dreamcast was working. The last time I remember I had a long hiatus from it. The uh, lens needed cleaning with a cube. But ever since I've done that, it's been working fine. So I mean, Shenmue. I talked enough about Shenmue already. So I mean, I love. I still love the game. I'm actually. I was actually, despite the fact that I've been playing games and obviously you know, HD, all these modern games, and I can go back to Shenmue, it's still, I don't care, that game, I think it still looks fantastic, you can tell, you know, appreciate the fact that it's on a 15-year-old console, it was made 15 years ago for an old console, two generations behind PS4, you know, you can see, you can still appreciate how good it would have looked when it came out, you can just see, there's still lots of little details in there, you know, it really is, it's a good looking, you know, it's amazing what they managed to squeeze out of the game, and I've still found a few scenes that I'd never seen before, so yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I love that game definitely. I'm, I'm not as good as I used to be on it, but quick time events, my reactions are <laughs> slow now. I'm like, I'm like, you know, nearly twice as old as I was when I first played it. So yeah, yeah, my, my they're not as forgiving as modern ones, that's for sure. No, definitely not. Which is good actually. I like that because um, 
it's you know you have to be get your, um, have your finger on the pulse so to speak. But yeah, I love you know I love that game. I'm gonna um, my niece watched it with me. She really thinks she thinks it's awesome. She loves Goro because of his crazy talking. You know what's grooving, bro. <laughs> And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know who I'm on about, Neil. I do. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so that was great. I will go on to number two. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And the great thing about playing it is knowing that I'm I'm going to find out what happens because they're making three. That was an awesome feeling while playing it. So yeah. Nice. Um, last but not least, I have been on Resident Evil Zero, and this is the HD version because I'm actually reviewing this for PSU. Mm. So by the time this podcast goes up, my review will be live. Um, so I've been um, pottering away at that over the weekend. I'm roughly about halfway through the game. It's um, obviously, you know, I'm not, I won't go into too much detail because, you know, I want you to read the review after all. But uh, it looks great. It's um, I say it's definitely on par with Remake in terms of the, the high-definition upgrade. Everything looks really a lot more crisp, um, pristine. I found myself looking at the backgrounds a lot more noticing things because it's, um, it's far more detailed, which is good. It's not just the characters. It's the, the whole backgrounds as well. Um, there's, a, there's a few little... Uh, things like particle effects like water, lighting, fire, blood especially, they, they have definitely been improved. I mean, the GameCube ones look pretty uh, pixelated in comparison. Obviously, the game is still a really... I mean, even Remake and Zero on the GameCube, they are still looking one of the best-looking games around. I mean, they, they stand... Out of all the games you could probably play from that generation, they stand out as among the best-looking. But they've really done a really good job with this, with the high-definition um, revamp, so I'm really pleased with that. Um, you can select, as I was saying to Neil before we recording, you can now select costumes to um, to change whenever you want. You just open up a backpack, which is in your inventory, take up space. It's like part of your 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 always equipped items, like a lighter or a lockpick or stuff. Um, you've got two. You have your default one and a, a second costume uh, by default, uh, but you can unlock more. There's actually a shed load of costumes. They've got. I mean, Rebecca has got every costume conceivable. She's got her standard costume. Yeah, she's got her standard costume. She's got her stars from... She's got a Resident Evil Director's Cut one. She's got her N64 prototype. She's got a, a cheerleader outfit. She's got her basketball uniform from that Resident Evil 2 Easter egg. You name it, she's got it. Uh, Billy, Billy um, has like a Rambo-style one, a blue suit and all this other... And this really weird prisoner outfit, which is just really kind of lame-looking, but there we go. Um <laughs> But yeah, um, the, the game plays exactly how you'd imagine. They haven't really changed anything around in, in that respect. Um, I I will say, though, that I've always liked Zero, and I think it's an underdog. I think there's not enough appreciation for it. It's not the best classic Resident Evil game, not the best Resident Evil game in general, but I do applaud them what they did, you know, for trying to change things. And it does, because of what they've done, because there's no item boxes and stuff, and you can now drop items, there's a lot more... There's a much more finer element of strategy in there. And I personally, like I said, my opinion, I personally think that's really good because I do like that element of it. You have to think more carefully. Well, I'm going to pick up this herb. I might need it, but I might need that space for ammo or a key item along. Do I drop this here or what? You have to, you have, there's a lot more planning going ahead rather than dumping it into a magic item box you can access anywhere. At the same time, that does mean there's a lot more backtracking, but if you plan ahead carefully, you can work it out. So it's not too bad. And um, you know, I, I do like what they've done with I I, I, do, I do like that thing, and the character swapping is great as well because that works brilliant for combat. You can team up against enemies. You can, uh, if you want to go solo, you can like to clear out a room if perhaps like one of your characters is um, hurting. You know, if they're low on health, you can clear it, take someone else out, clear out a room and stuff. So I do, I do like the strategizing that goes on there. It's a lot more apparent. 
And um, yeah, I mean, some of the, you know, the locations are pretty good. Some of the enemies aren't the best. I mean, they're kind of like, they're probably some of the most generic enemies. Uh, uh, apart from that, there are, there are, at the same time, there are some really cool boss fights. There are some cool boss designs, like the scorpion and stuff. And the leech yeah, guys are pretty good. good. Yeah, the leech guys are pretty cool as well. But there are a few bog standard stuff, like your spiders, your dogs and everything. But it's good, man. If anyone likes classic Resident Evil, then you definitely want to pick this up, definitely. It's, yeah, um, yeah. I'd there's, say there's, that... Oh, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Neil. So to say, there's just one sort of niggly thing about it I've always found, which is that that Rebecca goes through all that, gets all tough, you know, deals with it, and then you get to Resident Evil, and she's cowering in a corner when you find her. You're like, yeah, well, what happened to you <laughs> in between then and there? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, just... that's yeah. The the uh, uh, continuity is pretty bad there, which I don't understand because they made those games, they made the remake and Zero pretty much in tandem, I think. Yeah. So um, I don't quite understand that, but yeah, I, I was just going to finish off by saying it's probably out of all out of the uh, uh, Resident Evil remake and Zero. I think Resident Evil remake is definitely the more accessible one for. Um, I think Zero is definitely more, for lack of better term, more for the hardcore fans because it is a tough game. Yeah, it's definitely one of the yeah, hardest very, Resident yeah. Evil games. Definitely, I could not beat it on hard mode. I'm, I've yet to f- beat it on hard mode, and I've managed that on every other Resident Evil game. So there we go. Um, um, yeah so um yeah look out for that review guys um hope it should be up by the time this podcast um live if not it will be very soon so cool thanks for listening to that um okay um mr aaron uh uh care to kick off with what you've been playing buddy hey i've been playing even more dragon's quest and uh what's it the heroes cool. and um yeah so uh, it, it's still that dynasty warriors game where i'm just pretty much grinding away just trying to get all the trophies and everything but i'm about halfway through and i'm just trying to build up everyone's level because i'm completely stuck at the moment i'm at the points where you need to well i don't think this would really be spoiling it because it happens right at the start of the game is um you have to save a tree route and there's just so many monsters coming from all directions it's just like i'm not powerful enough in order to kind of like kick them back so just grinding 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 and yeah, it's not too bad to grind. And you have the ability so to summon to at that point. Yeah, the the coins. Um, hold on, I'm at the point where. No, you need the tower. Yeah. Okay, I've done the tower, and I'm now at a certain point where uh, the enemies are a little bit too tough for me to actually take down quickly. Mm-hmm. So they just take out the true route. So. I'm just literally completely stuck at that point. So I'm only level 28, 29. I, think I thought probably... you had the coin ability by then, I'm sure of it, where you can use the monster coins. Oh, the monster coins you get at around level 10 and stuff. But That's how I do all those defensive ones. I just yeah. go off, kill a few of the, the bigger enemies, then run back to the thing and just put them around that. Well, that's what I've been doing. There's a certain spot where they just keep getting to very quickly, and then towards the end of that particular level, there's like three or four of them which you just can't kind of beat down. Oh no, actually, wait, it is actually in a tower, but it's when you go up the lift. Ah, okay. You know the bit, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so they come from four different directions, and I just get overwhelmed so quickly that I'm just. Yeah. Luck and luck. Yeah, I'm going to need that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been playing that. It's a really enjoyable game, though. The grind isn't bad at all, but 
Um, and then the other one I'm playing is a game I'm going to be reviewing, which oh, the review will be out in probably two weeks, I think. It's, yeah, you've uh, got a long time on this one, haven't you? Evo. Yeah, very long time. Uh, I've already oh, done a good couple pages on a review, so sorry for anyone who has to uh, <laughs> check all that. Probably be me or Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is one I'm glad I'm not, I wouldn't have to edit ever, because just driving games in general just would make me want to go to sleep on that front. <laughs> so, oh, it's got pedals, huh? Yeah, you can steer things. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, oh my god, it goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm really glad is just that um, obviously you've got Dirt Rally, which has just come out. That's unbelievably high on simulation. Then there was another rally game coming out. I can't remember what one it was. Then you've got Sebastian Loeb as well. And all of them that I've played so far are just heavily on the simulation. And... It's actually quite nice for change because normally rally games are very arcade-like and it's just really easy to go in between. But goodness me, these new rally games are tough. Really tough. <laughs> You've been uh, using a steering wheel, haven't you? I have been oh. using a steering wheel. I've, what, what I decided to do was initially play for about 10 hours with the pad just to get used to it and everything. Then I thought that I was going to use my feet for remote play. I haven't actually done that yet, surprisingly. I was a little <laughs> bit too hooked on the game, so I decided to get the wheel out because I was just like, oh, come on, I've played on the pad too much. It's got to be with the wheel. And just the difference between the pad and the wheel was like massive, but that's not a bad thing because it's still pretty easy to do with the pad. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, the, the feel's completely miles different and when you actually play it you'll be like oh it it doesn't matter what one you go with you're going to enjoy it either way good so yeah i I can't say more than that obviously (laughs) (laughs) and um the other game i've been playing really is city skylines on the pc two hertz far two hertz i just (laughs) I, i all i've been doing for the last week is making circle cities they did look cool to be fair as well yeah it's actually kind of amazing how circle cities actually work because you've got all the um like fire ambulance and police they can just get everywhere really quickly and now i understand why there are some cities in the world which actually have circle cities (laughs) it's for that reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty much all i've been doing apart from uh what I'm doing now, but yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I have actually been completely ripping apart by PlayStation 3 because it was my dead PlayStation 3. And I'm interestingly going to put in a Raspberry Pi in it. <laughs> so a little, yeah, doing a some Frankenstein in. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so um, just today, I've completely ripped everything out of it. Um, I've been doing some experimenting with my Raspberry Pi, uh, like putting a USB hub, powering it off the USB hub, using a Blu-ray drive and a few other things, and it's actually working. So soon I'm going to Frankenstein it a little bit more and cobble it all together. So yeah, that'll be fun for the next month, I think. Good little project. 
Excellent. Wicked. Yeah. Sweet. You totally put an Xbox uh, 360 in it. Yeah. Well, saying that works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just put an Xbox One inside the PS3 and then confuse everyone. <laughs> oh, this is my PS3! <laughs> Why is it playing Xbox games? You <laughs> <laughs> go all over again. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have mine as an emulation device, I think. Um. Um, okay, well, um, cheers for that, Aaron. Um, cool. Ben, uh, do you want to um, uh, enlighten mine's us? pretty quick. I've just been playing Fantasy fourteen, really. Oh, cool. uh, ben. ben, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Shock horror? <laughs> uh, though, though, to be fair, because my laptop died, I've down- downloaded the most important things yeah, you need for a laptop to run. <laughs> you got your Slack. you got your TeamSpeaks. And you got your goat simulator. That, that's all <laughs> I have course. on my laptop now. That is all it needs. <laughs> <laughs> I bought I've the got new on tablet payday, as well now. payday DLC with goat simulator, but I haven't tried it yet. Uh, apart from that, not much really. But next week I'll be playing some Tomorrow's Children. So. Oh yes, Tomorrow's Children today oh, cool. or yesterday or next week? Yeah, next week, <laughs> next Tomorrow's. The tomorrow's tomorrow's children. tomorrow's children. <laughs> and no oh, reviews uh, right now, but because well, I wish I was. I missed doing reviews. Anyway, that's mine. it. Oh, okay. Well, I take it you're still enjoying Final, Fa- Final Fantasy, Ben, yeah? Yes, I am. Did you finish Final <laughs> Fantasy 7, by the way? Yeah, I finished 7. You platinumed it, didn't you? No, I one trophy off a of platinum, and I just can't put myself through dating Barrett. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> That's oh, the only brilliant. trophy I need is dating Barrett. Oh, brilliant. Awesome. Oh, what if he promises that? to be gentle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Let's not go there. At least I've got my outfit, though. You know, that cosplay, that, 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 that uh, girly outfit I have from trying to save Tifa. At least I'll have that for Barrett. It's oh, multiple-use outfit. <laughs> oh, I'll be his pretty princess. Dark Secret of Final Fantasy VII. Ben's yeah. Dark Secret. Dating Barrett. <laughs> oh, God. I've forgotten about that, actually. <laughs> Another weird secret. Um, if you go back there after the dating scene, you can take anyone with you. So that oh. means you can bring Red 13 on a date. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that can be complicated. Yeah. Just oh, a tad. That's cool. Um, Mr. You can even okay. bring Kate Sif on a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I forgot all about that third date, with Bar- um, the one with Barrett. Obviously, Tifa and Aries have you. Yeah. So, um, Kevin, uh, what have you been playing, buddy? Not much, actually. Um, my week pretty much consisted of trying out uh, the co-op on Dead Space 3 with a friend. All right. The game is not scary if you play it alone. It's not even scary if you play it with a friend. It's even funny. We had a blast so far. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get any scarier than this. So, um, but it's, it's nice. It's... You get part where um, you're playing co-op on Dead Space 3. Um, it was creepy as hell. Um, I was going down the, uh, what you call it, an elevator with my mate, and I could see, a, like, a laughing woman, and he couldn't see anything. He started playing music and, like, birthday music and all that lot. It was only on my screen. 
Nice spoiler. <laughs> I didn't play that part yet. Oh, um, no, it's just a, I don't know. It was just some generic animation. Stuff that happened throughout. <laughs> it was pretty much advertised for the game that see things that your partner won't and vice versa. Yeah. Because, you know, they're mad as a box of frogs. It's an interesting way of having a co-op. So I kind of actually surprisingly like it because if I would play it alone, I wouldn't enjoy it that much. But on co-op, it's actually really fun. And it's not that it's a slow game as well, because we're going pretty fast through it. So yeah. having having fun on it, having a blast, really good, actually, for a co-op good game. Good times. It's, I'm glad we, find a, we found a proper co-op game as well, because most games that have a co-op are like one or two, or maybe a few missions, that, and that's it. And at least this game is fully co-op, so that's good. I like yes. it. <laughs> he likes it. Approved. I like it. That would be it, pretty much. The only thing I've been waiting for right now is Unravel, which is arriving next week. I pre-ordered it today for PlayStation 4. And I'm waiting my limited edition from Sonic Superbeat to arrive probably end next week, which I will be playing on the Vita. It's nice to take that device underneath the dust. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually charging it right now, so I'm hoping to be able to use it. And that would be my week. Very active. Well, <laughs> well, fair play, man. I've no, I never played Dead Space Three. After I did, I really enjoyed the um, other two games. So I wish it would come back. Actually, um, I actually didn't. <laughs> I oh. played the first one for a big part, and I didn't enjoy it that much. It was boring and quite. I don't Same. Know, yeah, continuously the same, and and it didn't really make me feel like you want to play more, and and then I was like, you know what, let's try out Dead Space three, no two, I, three what, no um Dead Space <laughs> two, I I got that one then on PlayStation three, and I thought you know what, I'll just play it at night, maybe then it's interesting, and it was <laughs> still the same, it wasn't scary, it was boring, and I couldn't be arsed playing it anymore, so you didn't eventually find it scary at no. All? Oh, I didn't man, have I'm... any moments where I was like, <gasps> I was more like, oh god, here we go again with those guys. <laughs> it's, it's true. I don't know. I find that anyway, being a big horror fan, I just find it more a dread than actual fear. I find just uh, horror things comical. <laughs> yeah, it depends. The only I've said there's probably a, two or three games ever that have really, I've really actually felt like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. This is very um, Alien Isolation one because you know, that creature being a frightening thing and to, to have it stalking you is a frightening thing but, but the most similar bit in Dead Space 2 is near the end where you're basically chased by what is an alien it's from alien and yeah. it's more of a pain in the ass than anything else because they just make it spam and just turn up wherever it wants and it's there uh, it's but there are good moments in Dead Space too. It's very tense. It's in the same way Resident Evil is tense. You know? and, yeah. and Silent Hill is very psychological. It's ways of... You can do horror and not have to be a particular scary. You can be unnerving or things like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, yeah. Um, well, I guess I enjoyed it more, uh, more than you guys then. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, cool. thanks for that, Kevin. Um, Neil, I guess um, that just leaves you, buddy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I dusted off my Vita as well to play uh, Volume because it came out on Vita this week after 
I think the game originally came out the week before Metal Gear Solid Five, so it's four, so I didn't really give it too much of a chance beyond reviewing it. And yeah, I've pretty much completed it. Had great fun with it. It's a little cameo from Jim Sterling and Andy Serkis is in it as well, and it's basically like doing Metal Gear Solid VR missions, but for a whole game. It was a sort of, of Robin Hood. Yeah, it's really, it's a really good game in that respect. It's just a little easy on the uh, easier settings, but they've since patched in some new stuff that means you can pretty much take it hardcore, that, you know, get through the whole level without getting seen and stuff like that. Cause, yeah, you are basically not with much in the way of weapons for most of it. And, yeah, you have distractions you can use to get past guards. But unlike you know, Metal Gear Solid, you can't choke someone out or karate kick them in the face. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, or make a noise over there, do this over there. It's, and yeah, great stuff like user created levels. So yeah, people have naturally created most of the Metal Gear Solid 1 stuff in it already. Yeah. And some of the late Metal Gear stuff too. Yeah, it's been good fun. I was, again, trying to go on a platinum run with that and uh, one of the trophies is for collectibles. And I thought I'd found them all. And I got to the end of the game. Trophy didn't pop. Thought, okay. I, I thought, well, is there a way of finding out where they are? Nope. <laughs> so, so nothing to tell you how many you've got. Nothing to tell you where they are. So I was like, yeah, great. Excellent. So sort of waiting, sort of geeing myself up to sort of go through the levels again and see if I can find them before I get mad. Um, other than that, it's been review games this week, which have been a mixed bunch. You know, had uh, Albedo, which is subtitled Eyes from Outer Space. It's basically like a 90s point-and-click adventure, but in first person. Um, but it's really, really, really heavily inspired by sort of 50s B-movies, like sci-fi ones especially. You know, you've got hammy acting and rubbish-looking sets and stuff like that, which good things to make an indie game like this sort of, you know, say for any rough edges. You say, oh, well, that's part of the appeal of it. Um, puzzles in it vary from, uh, there's some good ones in there, but it's like there's a bit of a survival horror lean to it. So it's kind of like, you know, being the Resident Evil sort and stuff like that did get born of adventure game style stuff. It sort of starts to become like that. But, yeah, it's a bit dull for the most part. The voice acting from the main actor is just, honestly, it is the worst. I know it's supposed to be bad <laughs> on purpose because that would be movie stuff, but it's literally delivered in a, a, a guy who's half awake walking around his house going, oh, no, in the same way that you would say, oh, no, to I spilt some drink on the floor. It's like, oh no, there's some monsters over there. Better not let them in. It's just it's monotone, and uh, I ended up putting subtitles on and turning the sound off after all because it's just like, no, uh, I know, I know what you're trying to do, but please just stop. <laughs> it was awful. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I, I rated that game four out of ten this week, which oh, means wow. that's two games <laughs> I've rated below five out of ten this year already. So it's uh, going well, but. Uh, on the upside, a game I'm currently reviewing, which I haven't set a score for, but I will have by the time, and there's no embargo, so I can talk about it. Um, Inside My Radio, which is a rhythm action game, but it's a platformer too. And basically everything but directional movement is you have to do in time to the beat. 
so you know, attacking, jumping, you know, activating stuff, all has to be done in time with a beat. That so you you have some dance music stuff, you have some reggae, there's a disco level. It's all very bright coloured stuff. It's quite cool. I like it. It's don't think it's going to be very long as games go, and uh, it gets a little repetitive after a while. I say that the uh, reggae levels are a tad long, and yes, uh, the characters you play in each are obviously a bit stereotyped in that sense. But they yeah, are they just are. blocks. So it's like, yes, you are a Rastafarian block for one of the levels at least. Yeah, not bad. It's, I was worried it was going to be like the third game in a row that was going to be below 5 out of 10. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm fairly confident it won't be that bad. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up for me. Cool, nice one, buddy. Oh, well, yeah. um, oh what were you that, uh, playing Fallout, but yeah, always playing Fallout. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair play. Well, um, we just um, before we move on, we'll just wrap up the um, last couple of reviews that we've been doing. Uh, well, we've had on the site. Um, first of all, we got um, Summer Night Five uh, PS Vita review. Uh, this was by Dane Smith. I kind of guessed that from the title. Because <laughs> Dane is uh Dane usually handles a lot of the uh Japanese uh titles, the more obscure ones, because he's um he's actually oh, is Dane in China right now? It's China, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he was in Korea. I know he's been to Korea and Japan, he's in China now. Yeah, he gets around our Dane. Our Dane. Um uh, Dane gave us a seven out of ten. Uh, he said the uh, a laid-back RPG that is geared more towards the visual novel crowd. It has a charming group of characters trying to save a world and a story that can pull out that can pull on the heartstrings. Tedious combat design severely hampers the patient of an otherwise fine story, and a lack of exploration and cycles reduces uh, the want of additional playthroughs. Uh, so that was Summer Night Five on PS Vita. Um, next up, last but not least, we have. Um, Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. This is by Stephen Williamson. Uh, this is the second installment in the uh, uh, spin-off Chronicles series. I reviewed the first one, which was uh, China, I believe. Uh, that was, um, I think that was uh, around September or whatever. Um, I, that was I a good game. Like game. Yeah. Uh, Stephen gave this one, however. He gave us a five. Uh, final word. Uh, periods of fun stealth A aren't enough to re- uh, to rescue the second entry in this uh, Chronicle saga from being a forgettable average platformer. Uh, so there we go. Uh, not exactly a great review there. Um, uh, this um, it's, the reviews have been quite uh, middling for what I've seen anyway. Um, I'll just read out a couple of plus points. So some stealth-based missions are rewarding and challenging. Uh, solid stealth mechanic uh, mechanics. Uh, good use of gadgets and ability. However, the dislikes are. Uh, flat narrative with poor dialogue and voice acting. Uh, it tests your patience to the limit during dull time missions and lacks any standout memorable moments. There we go. Uh, that was Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. Um, cool. Well, next up, guys, we are moving on now. Uh, and again, this is uh, part of a new schedule and everything. We're going on to some more uh, key topics. Uh, this one is uh, uh, PlayStation VR. Uh, we've got a couple of um, things to discuss about this. Um, first and foremost, um, obviously, um, Sony haven't announced a price for PlayStation VR yet. So um, we were, we're asking, uh, what should uh, PlayStation VR ideally cost to be tempted to, uh, to consumers? Uh, do we see any long-term future for VR in games, or is it just another fad? So um, I'll, I may as well kick things off, at least uh, in regards to the first question. Um, 
I think obviously with um, we know about Oculus Rift is uh, five nine nine dollars. Uh, that's shipping. Um, I think in uh, March they said. Um, I pre- I mean I'm not too great when it comes to pricing, guessing and stuff with this kind of thing. But obviously Sony will. Um, Oculus Rift, from what I understand, is a very high end piece of technology. You need like um, and you need like a very um, kind of top of a range PC to run it properly and stuff. From what I understand, this is just when it comes to this stuff. Um, I think uh, PlayStation, um, for what I've read, um, been reading, essentially, uh, PlayStation VR is very likely to be the uh, cheaper option, not necessarily in a bad way, but it's um, uh, because of that. Um, I reckon, um, I mean, a lot of analysts, analysts have said this as well, actually, but I reckon it would be around $400, $500, probably about $400. Um, I can't see it being any cheaper than 400 really, because of of like the technology involved and stuff and you've got the um i mean again i'm just being you know i'm, I'm not an expert when it comes on vr technology i mean i don't know how much stuff and how much it's likely to be but i think for a there's no way it would be more expensive than oculus rift that would be shooting themselves in the foot um and that's pretty much 600 dollars. so i reckon a couple of hundred less than that would make sense to me so roughly around 400 dollars, i think um i'm not um i mean it's um the the, uh, the whole question on like um like if it's going to be another fad and stuff. I mean, we've had um things like three D and motion controls and stuff. Obviously, motion controls did very well uh, with the Wii stuff, and three D wasn't exactly that successful. I mean, Sony was trumpeting three D a lot about five years ago. Then, like you know, the, the year after that, they hardly mentioned it at all because it had flopped so badly, and it was expensive too. You know, the TVs and stuff. So um. I think out of everything, um, personally, I think I think VR has got a good chance to be quite successful. I think it's definitely, um, it definitely, it's something far more substantial than just like something like 3D or motion control. I mean, it's it's a lot more. I think it's far more immersive and stuff. I mean, from what I haven't actually gone hands on with, I know a couple of guys at uh, PSU actually have um, lucky hits, but um, I haven't actually gone hands on with this. But um, I think from my from from my point of view. It looks, it looks pretty cool. I think I'm definitely interested in it. I think that if they get the price right, um, which is going to be the key factor, the price has got to be, you know, it's got to be consumer friendly for PlayStation VR at least. I think if they get the price right and they definitely get some proper software, obviously by that I mean stuff that is built from the ground up, not just like tacking on. The, you know, if you remember with, uh, I know it's not the same technology, but the principle about you know with like PlayStation. Um, a move and stuff like that they would release games and they tack on motion controls and stuff like that and you know you don't want that kind of stuff in the sense that they take a game and just add vr to it later or whatever um because there was talk about that at some point but um it would need to be built from the ground up really proper immersive big budget games built from the ground up and i think that would be i think that's definitely key you've got to have a really good software that's going to sell something like that if you're going to be dropping like um, $400, whatever it's going to be, $450, you're going to, you, you definitely want to get your money's worth out of the software and they're going to make sure they have some really big budget, proper games to sell the technology, which is true of any kind of thing. I mean, when you're, you're launching a new console or whatever, for example, they want, you know, you want to make sure they got to have, you got, that's why you have those big games at launch. And it's the same kind of thing with this because you're essentially buying another console with this. It's going to be the price, Sony have said themselves, it's going to be the price of a new console, around, which kind of ties in with that three, 400 mark. I, like I said, probably 400, but so, you know, they definitely want to get the software out there from day one. Um, I think, I don't think it's going to be a fad. I think um, it's going to be a slow burner. 
I definitely can see it being a slow burner. I think in a couple of years it's probably going to catch on a bit more. But I think it will be. I think it will be successful. But it w- it will be more of a niche thing. But rather than be there and then fade away, um, you know, or disappear, it, I reckon it's going to slowly gather pace. I think it might be. It, like I said, it, it it's not going to be this massive thing straight away. I think it will be quite popular, but it will be. It, it will gradually gather pace. I think it's not going to just be there, fade out, disappear completely. It will gradually gather pace. Once, you know, obviously the, te- the better games start coming out, maybe the price drops and stuff, I think it's got a good chance of actually doing well. But um, what do I know? You know, it could be a load of rubbish for her, but I'm definitely interested. Uh, but um, that's, uh, that's my take on it anyway. Um, Neil, uh, how about you? Yeah, I think they can have a strong-ish lineup to start with, but they don't want to make the same mistake they made with Vita, where they, had, you know, they threw everything at it straight away. And when it didn't stick, threw their hands up and said, "Well, we're done with this." And yeah, which clearly happened very early on with that, despite unfortunately, still, yeah, that's it. Because once they did that, other publishers did it, and it just and it went wrong. It's convincing people to keep it going and sort of build that momentum. Like you said, if it's a slow burner, you need to keep having good things coming out for it, so that when people do sort of go oh in two years time because people do it with consoles as well you know you know, like us will say oh we're going to pick up a ps4 in the first year no problem but then the you know, people who just pick up a console a few years into a generation because they're not that bothered like they need to be, see what's there and go oh oh yeah fancy playing this 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 and this and that's so if you have a good list of stuff by that point yeah you can kick on from that and so the price should be more reasonable at that point i'd I've got to say, I think it will be cheaper than the Rift, obviously, because it is yeah. more game-centric. It's not made for multimedia. It is just for games. And I think that's where Sony will undercut them. But it's, I hope they don't undercut to the point where it's, you know, it damages the quality of what you're trying to do. I mean, they've obviously been thinking about this a long time because they've integrated you know, the old Move controls into the PS4 controllers. The whole light bar stuff has been there all this time. They've clearly planned it. They knew that this was going to be something they would do. But yeah, Sony of a few years ago wouldn't have tried this, I think, because they wouldn't have had the funds to risk this much money on it. I think now that they are in this position, they can probably push it a little more than they were going to do. Like, which, yeah, again, is a kicker because you feel like they could have done that for Vita had they been in a better position at the time instead of playing catch-up in the market. But yeah, it will probably get a little more support than that did, and to hopefully just push it long enough. As for... I was thinking this the other day, it's like, overall, I'm not sure it'll be the greatest success, and there will be a slight faddishness to it, but I think its potential as a multimedia thing is... Where VR is going to be big, I think, when it starts becoming years and years down the line. I think Steve Burns actually said this week himself, it's like he's thinking long term where you, know, you can go to a football match in VR you know, and experience things that you want to experience but can't necessarily very easily in real life. You know, it could yet happen in the future as each sort of generation of these things comes out. I think that's definitely to me the more exciting thing. Like the same with uh, 3D and motion control in the past, they're good 
as gimmicks go, but they do have their limits, especially with creativity. If I, I think this is where big companies can have them back you with these things, but they're the ones that are less likely to have any creativity about how to handle it. It's like, why was Nintendo successful with the Wii? Because they shipped out a bunch of stuff that worked with the controls really well. It's simple as that. Connect sold bucket loads because they got people like Harmonix in to just do stuff that they knew what they were doing uh, with rhythm action stuff, motion control, and it worked. Yeah, after that, they had nothing, but you can see where it comes in. I'm just hoping that Sony just carry it through at least on their front. Hopefully, the games will catch up eventually when the interest stays high. Cool. Um, okay, let's pass that around. Um, ben, how about you? Well, as you know, I've already had experience with PlayStation VR already. Oh, great. That's brilliant. Uh, I played it last year. Um, I can see one big advantage Sony has. For one thing, they're going to make money on all their, all their sales of the games. So they can cut the cost of the hardware just like they do video game consoles because the money they're going to make is not from the hardware. It's from the software. And unlike Oculus Rift, uh, all the hardware in this console or in the device will be Sony made. So that will decrease the price of the construction of the thing as well, because Oculus Rift has to go to like Samsung and Philips and all that lot to have the the stuff built in the machine because they can't do it themselves. Or Sony is a hardware developer. They've got the screens, they've got this part, they've got the gyros, they've got the things. They don't need to pay anyone. They can just do it themselves. So I, I can see that being one of the reasons why the PlayStation VR will be so much cheaper than the Rift because it'll be all done in house. It won't be outsourced. Ah, very nice point there. Yeah, that's the, that's pretty cool, Ben. Um, so I'm I'm expecting a, a price tag of two nine nine nine, two hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Whoa, that cheap. Yeah. Wow, that would no, be... no, that's the dollar price I'm expecting. I'm expecting the UK price to be about two forty nine. Right? I think that's way too cheap. Wow, that's real. That's really cheap. I mean, that'd be amazing. But really? when you think about everything's being done by Sony themselves and not done by anyone else, and the screens and that aren't that expensive. Yeah. I mean, the components themselves aren't that expensive nowadays. I mean, for one thing, the Rift is using higher than 1080p screens. The Sony PlayStation VR is using 1080p screens. In fact, there's only one screen in the PlayStation VR compared to two screens in the Rift. Oh, it's and only again, one, is it? Yeah, it's only one in the PSVR. All right. No, ah, no, it's just one. So you know, that's it. It's not going to be as ridiculously expensive. Yeah, the little box thing that people think, oh, that breaker box is going to be the most expensive things in the world. It's pretty much just a splitter. I doubt it has anything else in it. The fan is just to keep it cool. It's just a splitter box because unlike the Rift, basically when you play on the Rift and you have uh, the game running on the screen, it has like a weird double image. Yeah. So that it looks confusing. But with the PSVR, the little box, what it does is it converts the image to a standard PlayStation image. So the person next to you when they're watching the TV and see it as they would normally when they play the game. 
Oh, wow. Okay, fair enough. That's its main feature. Um, so th- that's all it does, really. Uh, so I don't expect that to be a cost, really. An extra 20, 30 pounds on top, maybe. Uh-huh. Which, if, as they're going to make all their money from the sale of the games, I'm sure they'll eat the costs. I, I expect it to maybe cost them like 280 pounds to, no, 300 pounds to build. They might charge 250 and then the money will just come back from the sales. Yeah, game sales. Yeah. Up sales. And remember that they've got to sell the hardware and who's making money on that PlayStation hardware? Oh, yes, Sony. Yeah, true. That, that again is the cover, covering the cost of the VR, the console itself. You know, not the, like anyone could build a PC. Yeah. Yeah, the money's not from PC sales are not going to go to. Yeah, I think, and you've already got your commitment made there as well. Yeah. Because you've, you've paid for your machine, there's no upgrade yeah. to it. That's it. That's yeah. what you're getting. So dropping another amount of money on it doesn't leave yeah. you thinking, well, oh, I'm going to have to spend more on the PC later. So yeah, for it's a good idea in that sense, and it is an advantage. Well, um, Ben, just quickly, um, uh, uh what games did you play? <coughs> I played the horror, the horror game by Capcom. Oh, that, yeah, that looks pretty good. That does. Yeah, that's that scared kitchen, me. Is that Kitchen or something? Yeah, kitchen. yeah it's yeah. Kitchen. I screamed like a little girl. Oh. <laughs> cool. yeah, In fact, they re- recorded me screaming like a little girl. That'll be in the promos. <laughs> you know what's really funny as well, actually? I don't, really don't, I don't want to go off topic here. I apologise. I'll be really quick. But I remember when I went to play Resident Evil Revelations at a Capcom event, like almost this time last year, they filmed the whole thing and they got some, a lot of shots of me. But what was it used for? Why would they do that? Is, can anyone weigh in on that at all? It's marketing. It's to advertisements in the media and stuff. So they normally just compile everyone's... I, I'm sure you've seen... Oh, what's the latest one at the moment? The horror game coming out that was shown on the adverts and they had like green images of everyone because obviously it was infrared yeah no you know the night goggles whatever and they had like random people going oh ah, ah, at games and uh, they just <laughs> compiled it all together and they just went the most shocking game coming out since blah 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 blah. So that's oh, pretty much what yeah. it's used. Yeah, they they did that for um the Evil Within. I saw the advert there, but yeah, because I never saw any footage to see what was uh what they showed um and they um you know, that'd be cool. I'd love to actually see my reactions. <laughs> see you played it. <laughs> I remember I gave a because fo- the camera's focused right on me. I turned to it and gave a uh, peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't there a game that did that recently as well where if you had a playstation camera mm. it would record your actions if you're getting scared i don't think what it was oh, i don't know for a reason but yeah it definitely happened yeah i remember but, that game that's... as well but i don't know which one it was i also remember there's a game yeah. where i think it's a racing game where it takes a picture of you when you crash into people that right. drive club oh that's like dro- no i'm thinking of another game I'm thinking of a uh, Mario Kart game, actually. It was in arcades. Burnout, actually, I was saying, no, Burnout Paradise had a bit of that as well. Yeah, that was it, yeah, Burnout Paradise. Oh, right. There was a racing game in the arcade that used to put, was Mario Kart based, and it did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Oh, wicked. Amazing. <laughs> Wasn't it cool, until right? Dawn that records your reactions? That it starts recording if you have a camera up for a PlayStation yes, it is for a few moments before something actually happens to see if you actually are like, Aah. yeah, Wasn't it that... does. That's right. Yeah, 
That's the one oh. I was thinking of. Oh, right, that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, okay, so steering back. Sorry about that. I'm deviating a quick um, a sec there. <laughs> um, let's um, go back to um, the BR thing. Uh, let's, uh, okay, Aaron, um, just uh, sort of same things to you, mate. Yeah, uh, I just try to think really what to add. But uh, personally, I think what Ben said was just far too cheap. Uh, I'm actually thinking it's going to be about... 350 400 well probably 400 pounds i think so about 100 pound cheaper than rift um pounds not dollars pounds, pounds. Uh, yeah pounds so it, if it was dollars i suppose you just had an extra hundred dollars really don't you for their release well anyway. no because that'd be at the same price as the rift yeah that'd be the same price as the rift in dollars yeah, i don't know it'd yeah. be 500 dollars then wait you said 350 to four you said 400 yeah, didn't you I said four hundred pound, which the rift is going to be five hundred pound. Uh, right, yeah. Yeah. All oh, right, fair enough. Right. So, um, I so I, I the, the exchange rate is all over the place for me. So yeah, <laughs> um, I I th- I didn't actually know it had a single screen. I honestly thought it was two. Um, no, it's it's half. No, it's one ten eighty p screen. In which case, I think it probably could be about £350 then, possibly. Uh, the breakout box, I definitely do agree with you, though, which I think probably £50 they would probably charge for that. Right, but it's office, included, office, but... Yeah, they, they'll include it, but they'll jack it up about £50, I think, because of it. Uh, the advantage, though, that it has over the Rift is the fact that it's not coming with extra games, and it's not going to be coming with oh they probably will Dollars. bundle it with games but yeah no controllers that's just oh. is it just bundle it with summer lesson and they've won yeah i mean if, <laughs> if, if if you think about it the rift if you took away the controller which is how much is it for an xbox controller 60 60 60 euros, euros. so yeah. that's about what 50 i 50 pounds i think 40 yeah okay, something 50 like that pounds. If then they're bundling it with three games, aren't they? Or was it two games? Maybe two, two games. I think it was two. And they normally price those at about forty, fifty pound anyway. So you're actually in a way you're thinking the rift is gonna be probably I'd say seventy five. Oh yeah, four seventy five. Which if you think about the ballpark then for the a proper ballpark figure, lucky, yes. Palmer. Get it right. Ball, ballpark isn't double the figure price. <laughs> um, it would be about £100, £150 cheaper. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I Without agree with question. you. But there is one thing which I do have to agree with. I think you said it, didn't you, Mike? That they have to support it. Yeah. And Sony are terrible, seriously terrible at supporting anything they seem to bring out apart from the playstation 1 2 3 and 4 everything else just seems to go downhill quickly yeah though in fairness in recent years they've had little choice because they've been behind but it's why the psp got abandoned when it did because they've just fell behind in the console market so all the stuff got concentrated there when vita came out they were still trying to catch up there and they were obviously concentrating on ps4 to make that work but this time, you... they're back in that situation where they're confident. So they've got the money to try and risk, as I said earlier. It's, if they're ever going to do it, this is the time to do it. Yep. 
I, if it wasn't for the rift, they would not be doing this now. That's no. fresh. That's definitely certain. But um, the thing is, for you've got the rift and all the others on the PC. They've got an advantage because they can slowly build up the market. But for Sony, I mean, yes, you might have the software pay for it in a way. But the problem is, is I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be initially held purely for the PlayStation 4. If that's the case, they've only got a certain amount of years to sell it before the PlayStation 5, and they will most likely drop a lot of support before they release the PlayStation 5 to concentrate on that. Then when the PlayStation 5 kicks in, they're probably going to uh, check... Oh, what's that word? I can't remember. But they're going to check all the finances and everything on how well PlayStation VR is actually done if they're going to carry it across to the PlayStation 5. Yeah. So I mean, they can make they can write it off as a loss on to a degree at this time yeah. around. Yeah. But, but the thing is, with Sony, they can't really lose too much because they've been losing a hell of a lot of money in the last few years, especially in hmm. well since the start of the PlayStation Three. Really, it's been loss, 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 and they've just been yeah. But as Ben alluded to earlier, they make it back in software sales. So the more it's how Xbox won like last time they. Made it cheap, cheaper than it cost to make, but that yeah. got their install base, and then games just covered the rest. Yeah. Whereas this it's... time they're just cutting the cost, cutting the cost, and <laughs> spending all the money on buying Minecraft and Tomb Raider. Well, I suppose they've probably already made the money back from Minecraft. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say this. I want to say this. Every console, every 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 company, for some reason, has a cursed third generation. Yeah. Name, name one company that hasn't failed on the third generation. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, okay. I'm actually going to say this. Yeah. Microsoft. They're no. selling a lot faster than the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. Yeah, well, yeah because gaming is more popular. Yeah. That's the only reason yeah. why. Same as the PlayStation 4 is selling ridiculous numbers. It shouldn't be selling the numbers no. it is. I'm just saying, compared mm-hmm. to what the previous... Yeah, the third generation is always, for some reason, worse than the previous yeah. ones. But gaming has become so big now that they're just selling truckloads anyway, unless your name's Nintendo. But, <laughs> oh, well, that's, uh, that would put them in the sixty-four <laughs> yeah, era, wouldn't it? So, yeah, yeah. that's an if one, because, yes, it had good games on it, but the controller, the fact that it was cart-based when CDs were a big thing... Yep. It did do itself. Yeah. Normally, the bad consoles in the oh. third. I'm not saying the third They do something just, wrong. Yeah, they do something wrong. Xbox One screwed up with the whole TV thing. Yeah, PS3 was just yeah. you know too much. They, they were too arrogant. <laughs> Ken, what were you thinking? And, and Sega <laughs> made the Saturn, which you know yeah. was just the Saturn. Well, well that, the, that killed <laughs> them. Yeah. Completely killed them. And then, as I said, everyone's made. It's not like the, it was a bad console third gen because I love the N64, but I'm just saying that they're. They should have gone with the CD. Oh, they should have. Well, they kind of did, didn't they? The 64 DD? Well, it was more of a floppy disk than actual CD. Yeah, it, it wasn't really made to. Um, I don't think it was like. I don't think it, it came out. It didn't come outside of 
outside of Japan. It wasn't. It was just more of an add-on than anything else. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah, it was a enough. like a zip drive. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Nintendo for you then. <laughs> Always have to be different. Well, yeah, that's why you know that every Nintendo thing they never pay for the license fees because they change the hardware slightly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Blu-rays they've got slightly smoother edges on the discs, so they don't have to pay the Blu-ray Association for using Blu-rays. Seriously. Yeah. That's cheeky. That's why you can't watch Blu-ray movies on a Wii U because it doesn't have the codecs to play them. <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, and then there's also the Wii, you know, Nintendo Wii. Yeah. Uh, it had a slightly different the discs were slightly smaller than the standard one so they didn't have to pay for the license fee of having DVDs exactly the same as what they did with the GameCube yeah that's crazy uh, that's why there's no DVD feature officially on the Wii because they would have to pay for a license to play DVDs to pay Sony basically yeah <laughs> oh sneak so yeah price <laughs> inside there Ben um, okay, let's uh, wrap this part up. Uh, Kevin, do you anything, uh, have anything to add about uh, the um, VR topic? As long as Sony doesn't fuck up like they did with the Vita, the PSP at the end, and with the Move, and with the PSP Go, and so on. <laughs> you know, just I, give it they, proper they, support. They supported the Betamax until recently. Yeah, yeah. wow. That's, that was <laughs> just, useful. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, just to say, Kevin, a point here. Everyone says that about the Move, and everything they've made since the iToy, but they've never really ditched it. They've just reinvented it. Because ever since iToy, they've been doing the same thing. They've just changed it slightly. And even now, yeah. the VR is using Move. So Yeah, but the yeah, PS, you know, yeah. the PS4 have the same technology in the pads as well. So it's they've integrated it. And I think they've probably made their money off that already. I'm not saying they actually messed up with the Move, but the support wasn't there. Because if you look at how many games the move could have had and how much they could have gone, no, how much, how far they could have gone with it, then in yeah, the if, fact if you was look, dead though. That's the problem. By yeah. the time they got to it, it was dying, and there was no point doing it anymore. The the flaw in the plan had been realized. You can only do so much with this stuff unless you've got some really really clever people. I guess they kind of came too late with it because people weren't really interested in it, and and yeah. it just didn't pick up. Like they were hoping, yeah. and it's I, I kind of expect but it's that. Just, yeah, not quite what it should have been if they yeah. were going to go for it. Exactly, and yeah, they do have the technology into the DS4 right now, which is good. So it works fine. So yeah, I'm I'm curious how VR will do it for Sony because I'm I'm expecting a slow start for sure. Um, the prices oh, that you guys said, I think Ben's too low. I think Fars is right on the spot. I think 400 euros slash 300 pounds or something is going to be the price because they that, don't that's want how to much go. I said 300, 299 pounds yeah, 99. I, oh. I said about 400. Then Fars was wrong and Ben is right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think um, that's pretty much how the pricing would be because they don't want to go to the ridiculous heights that Oculus went because you know that was just horribly done, Oculus. Well, the technology is just <laughs> so amazing. The technology is just way more advanced than the Rift, which is why I can understand what it was going to be that price in the first place. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah. then again, you do not need a controller and two games in the same package. You can yeah, just make different packages, like Sony will probably do. Yeah. And that's that where was, they messed up that was because that would 
make the price a lot cheaper and people would actually consider buying it. Me and my friend were considering it, but when we saw the price, we pretty much laughed our asses off instead of actually ordering it. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. As much as I'm a PC gamer, I'm rather going for PSVR because I know that if the VR is properly supported, it will kick off pretty, pretty well. And then you'll have actual games supporting it and proper games using the thing to the full capacity and you'll actually be able to enjoy it. Whereas I'm afraid that the Oculus won't have that much games at release compared to the VR from Sony. I would agree there, but I think that comes down to what we said before, that you know, Sony are concentrating on a games VR unit, whereas Oculus is going to be for everything. Hence why they probably haven't done bundles, if you will, in the tiered sense, because there's, they're marketing it to everyone. You, know, you can do this, that, and the other. Yeah, well, it's pretty much like you said. The PlayStation VR needs to be marketed to everyone. The Rift mm. 5 and everyone will be marketed for enthusiasts, which is a completely different market. Yes, which on PC you have that market. Yep, but um, also it's to be used most likely for the not just the entertainment industry, but also the medical fields and all that kind of stuff. In fact, they're already yep. using both the Rift and the 5 medical field so that's well, going to be well, ironically really recently I read a news article of um, someone who had bought a Google Cardboard because something was failing in, in the hospital and they used Google Cardboard and a phone to I think this person was missing part of his heart or something or a lung and I don't know it was it saved that person's life eventually by buying a Google Cardboard so if you can do that with something that cheap then yeah. certainly you do not need an Oculus to uh, <laughs> to the, run in an hospital. The, the thing is, they'd be using like the Rift or whatever. Uh, it won't just be for something simple. It'll be like for practicing and all that kind of stuff where they can't actually have, say, like students doing particular operations or anything well, like yeah, that. Yeah, for training be, yeah. doctors and stuff. Exactly. So we're going to see another surgeon simulator, simulator 2 then. <laughs> a real one though <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> cool okie dokie <clears throat> that was an interesting chat um, let's move on now guys we've got a um, question of the week now uh, sort of our last um, main topic before we uh, start wrapping things up uh, this is a good one now what developer or game series do you wish would come back uh, this is um, in light of a feature we've done on PSU, guys. Uh, for all those who listen and haven't read it yet, uh, Neil, I believe you did this one about time splitters and free radical. Yes, I did indeed. Yeah, so I thought it was just going to be about time splitters generally, as I was interested in just going through the history of that and the whys and the why nots of it. But yeah, yeah sort of delve deeper and I thought, yeah, I kind of want to write about free radical as well because it's just such a fascinating history you see so many companies go under go bankrupt disappear and they've survived covers bankruptcy everything and they're still around now because they're making a home front revolution funnily enough now and uh and time splitters is still around which is mad because that was the most surprising thing i found about writing that article was during research i found that crytek actually gave a bunch of fans the assets for time splitters and gave them their blessing to go and make their own version of it 
which is what they're doing. They're currently making all the multiplayer maps um, using CryEngine 3. And uh, nice. yeah, it's going to come out on PC and PS4 next year, apparently, or this year, next year, sometime that. And uh, should be free. It was even stranger. So yeah, Crytek have done a lot of stupid, horrible things in their time, but that's actually quite impressive that they've just said, "Oh, we haven't got anyone going to do anything with it." So here, have a go. There's people that, who used to work at Free Radical and Crytek UK that actually joined in on the project as well. So yeah, they've done a little uh, demo of some of the old levels put together. Looks slightly nicer, but still a bit, you know, still like time splitters. Yeah. So yeah, they're doing the multiplayer stuff first, and then they'll work on the story stuff afterwards. All right, wicked man. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, our um, our question, like I said, of the week is what um, what game series or developer uh, would you like to see come back? Um, I think I'm um, actually instead of me starting off um, constantly all the time, I think I'll start with you, Neil. I mean, I don't know if Time Splitters is your pick, or unless you've got another one. Oh no, because technically, in both cases, those things are back you know free radical are there uh, david doke still works there now and yeah damn Bus- buster studios they're called now that yeah. was another good thing you know that um when Homefront's license went from crytek to uh because obviously thq had that license first they went bust and crytek went financially south and uh, they sold their license off to deep silver and yeah deep silver got recruited dan buster who were made from what was left of crytek uk yeah they're doing home front uh, revolution. Yes, yeah, so, I mean they were they were working on it when they were at Crytek as well. Yeah, but then obviously they dissolved that studio and everything went south and they sold off the license. But yeah, Deep Silver have got them back in to finish what they started. So the only bad thing, of course, is Homefront Revolution does look a bit, you know, wanky. But <laughs> all right, does it? Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, it's good. I mean, the expectations aren't quite what they were when Hayes all those years ago <laughs> ruined everything oh, what a great game that was that's that is so key to everything that went wrong for them because they never really made a full game again after that just they worked on crisis's uh multiplayer modes in two and three they did a bit of warface that awful pc game and yeah they just did bits and pieces here and there for crisis and so and this was you know home, home Homefront was supposed to be their first chance to actually do a game by themselves again. And yeah, of course, everything went belly up again. So hopefully this time, <laughs> this time it'll work for them. Um, no, um, if, if I could bring back anyone, it'd probably be Acclaim. Because they were big, they were a publisher as well. But there's some interest that they brought the Burnout series to us. We you know help Criterion along with that. Um <laughs> Lesser known stuff like BMXXXX, which was just rubbish, but I like bringing it up. It was basically in the phase uh, of having extreme games like skateboarding and all that, and it was that weird cross referencing of, hey, what are teenage boys like? Uh, they like BMXs and skateboards. What else do they like? Uh, boobs. Okay, let's combine both. And there you go. They made that. Um, they also had like Alien Trilogy, it was another one. Uh, Buster Move, if you remember that one. Oh yeah, Buster Move. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, Double Dragon, and Double Dragon Two. Oh great. Stuff like that. Uh, WWF Attitude, which was before the license got taken over by THQ and Ukes. They used to make greatest wrestling games. Go in and just 
Ah, loved it. Absolutely. They also did a NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat. They published those. But they had a good hit run, but I don't know, like so many of that era, they just lost what they had. I mean, a lot of their good licenses, a lot of the great things they did just went out the window and things went terrible. I think it was like late 90s for a claim that things started going very bad. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so bless them. They they tried. They had some great games, but that would be my pick. Cool. No, I don't blame you. I, I, God, I remember those in the nineties, definitely in the early mid nineties, especially acclaim. Yeah. Oh, and Turok. Oh, they also did the Turok games. That was one. Oh, Turok. Oh, yeah, Turok. Turok recently appeared on oh, Steam, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> Bubsy, you should all go play Bubsy. Oh, Bubsy the Bobcat, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, Ben, uh, what about you? Oh, well, well, I think uh, you know I could go for super serial answers like Road Rash, yeah. uh, Streets of Rage, Final Fights. Uh, I could go for all those super serial, super uh, um, altered beast. Uh, I could go for all these super, super serial ones, but I'm going to go with Cool Spot by Virgin Interactive. Oh, that's a nice one. That was a good game. I should bring that back. But not the 3D version. The 3D version was Pants. <laughs> I want oh, cool yeah, Spot God, they did, didn't 2D. Yeah. yeah, 2D one was good. Yeah, it was Cool Spot Goes to Hollywood or some crap like that. That's part of that whole 7-Up advertising, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Was. <laughs> and then oh, yeah, it was, it. yeah. Like a semi-sequel with Fido Dido. Oh, I also want a remake of Hugo. Remember that old TV? Oh, no. Game? That was bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it now on the PS4, though. No, I don't want to. Just imagine uh, it. <laughs> I like reviewing some utter shite, but that, that, that would be far too far. Seriously. <laughs> I'll review it then. I'll happily review that game. I mean, I miss reviewing. Whoever's got the rights to Hugo, Ben will review your copy favourably. <laughs> if you make a new one. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it for me. Cool. Um, okay, uh, Kevin, how about you, buddy? Mm, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything that I want to see appear back or company that has to come back for me i don't know crash bandicoot no i told you that on the previous podcast (laughs) yeah the one that never went out so (laughs) 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 no not even crash bandicoot uh i rather have no crash bandicoot than it being messed up even more so truth so for me it's it's pretty much i'll just see what pops up in the game world and if it's interesting, I'll try it out. If it's not, well, off to the left it is. Oh, fair enough then. Okay. Um, Aaron, what about you, man? Uh, there's actually uh, a couple companies that I would love to come back. Is Microprose. don't know if anyone remembers them. Oh, Microprose, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they just made some of my favorite games ever like the Grand Prix series and then of course you have Rollercoaster Tycoon and it's just like just some absolute classics there and then I would say Bullfrog as well because 
you've got well the real classics with the proper syndicates that you had oh um, yes theme hospital theme park uh you just oh of course dungeon keeper and Oh, the original good one, not the, the phone. Yeah, the, the, not the phone version. I don't know what EA were thinking there, but basically... They were thinking, we're in the money, we're in the money. <laughs> and then they lose all the money instead. <laughs> but, yeah, just so many classics. I would love to come back from those two companies. And the last one would definitely have to be, I don't know if anyone remembers them, Sensible Software. Uh, of course, who can not remember Sensible Software? Exactly. Yeah. Cannon Fodder, Sensible Soccer. Oh, Sensible Soccer. I think I lost my entire youth playing that game. That was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> oh, and a Bitmap Brothers. With Speedball yep. 2, Senon 2, and all that. Magic Pockets, Gods. Oh, man. So many good years. And they're all gone. But yeah. Oh, that's, I, um, I definitely agree on yeah. Microprose because that's where XCOM started out. So I'm very, very fond of that sort of time. I'm glad Forex has got the licenses back because I think Atari nicked the wall when Microprose shut yeah. down. And then that was pretty much it. Gone. Because, was it Infograms? Yeah, it went from Infograms to Atari. Yeah. Yes. Atari, God. There's a name that's I'd like to go away again if anything. <laughs> they should have died and stayed in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they should stay dead. Yeah, for, for reference point, the current Atari released an Alone in the Dark game called Illumination, in which you're neither alone nor in the dark. Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> they also make a first-person shooter um, Space Invaders kind of thing. Asteroids, yeah. where you have to yeah. fight on the moon or some weird stuff and yeah, basically and... They're sh- they they are like the stuff you get on steam green light but with a budget and they still don't spend that budget very much so yeah there's not nice here's all their money to buy asset packs pretty much it is. <laughs> i mean alone, honestly alone in the dark the illumination just looks like an asset pack fix job you know it's a terrible thing that's uh, pretty well. much my list well, I guess that just leaves me then. Um, well, um, you know, I don't know. It, it may it may seem kind of too obvious, I know, but I I definitely would say Streets of Rage just because that's one of my all time favourite games. I love those. Yeah. Games. They're fantastic. You know, I would play. I I still play them with my mates today. You know, when 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 they can be bothered. Anyway, um, I, I love them. They're brilliant. Um, oh, I'm trying to. Remember. Wanna go through? I mean, if we're talking about more recent games, I mean, if you know, I suppose it doesn't need to be, um, uh, you know, necessarily retro. I'd I'd love to see Dead Space come back. That has um, that hasn't really done anything at all. Um, in terms of companies, um, oh god, um, it's just so many. I mean, Neil kind of mentioned. We and everyone here, I think you guys have mentioned it most of the times. I mean, you got Infograms, Acclaim. Um, Microprose, like you said. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of another company, to be honest. I've all been. Um, I think you guys have all mentioned them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just one more, actually, just thinking about it. Domark. Oh, I go for it. Yeah. Do you remember Domark? Yes. Yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah. 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 They, they made a 
yeah, they did F1 games as well. And the, the F1 game I last really liked, I think, was on the Mega Drive, which was just literally F1. Stuff like oh, that. Right. They did some of the Bond stuff early on. Yeah, they had some cool games. I quite like that stuff. Oh, I know who I'd like to see come back, even though it won't. But that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Core. Yeah. Design, <laughs> who did Tomb Raider? <laughs> oh yes, of course. Yeah. Aren't they still around? They're part no, they're of not. Square Enix, but they're not. Yeah, they they're not. There. Yeah, not not in not in the original like the way it was before. Another game. Oh, I, I said that Domark kind of also exists because it came to be Idos, and then uh, obviously is now part oh. of Square Enix. So, so. Oh, well, there you go. They're buying everyone up. <laughs> I, um, I also remember a game that I was thinking of saying earlier. The Strike series from the Mega Drive, like Desert Strike and Jungle Strike. Oh, yeah. Yes. Seems weird that EA sat on that so long and not gone, oh, let's remake that and make it terrible. <laughs> I actually have those games somewhere. Oh, I do as well. You, want, you can bring back a proper SSX game for me then. But I guess since there was one on PlayStation 3, it's not worthy of mentioning. They're doing a new Oh, that was a Streets of Rage, so... There's a new one incoming? Are you serious? I think so. Really? Wow. I'm gonna uh, Google this. I'm sure there is. Or my thinking of the one you're thinking. I know there is a, there's a game on PlayStation 3, uh, which is the last SSX. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much the last one, as far as I remember. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure they were making one. So it'd be nice to see an actual new SSX pop up, but like a proper one that's been that's decent. Not like the previous one wasn't bad, but I don't know. I played SSX on tour, and I liked that one more. So yeah, I don't know. Just give me a decent SSX. So EA, do something good. It's EA. I know, but I can yeah, try. It's in the macro <laughs> It's not in the game. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's, it's in the game. Really just, it's just locked off. They really just announced that it will be delayed this time around, but I think I'm going to miss Assassin's Creed. Uh, oh. I hear this here. It's terrible. They're still going to bring <laughs> out the um, crappy Chronicles, aren't they, anyway? So. Yeah, you've got Russia left. Yeah. Go Russia. Well, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but it's not going to be. No, no, but I, I was making a joke. The expense of Assassin's Creed being out every year. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't surprise it. Even I'd like to see him take a break, to be honest. I think it could... Yeah. Um, so that's a story for another day. Yes, it is. And we're actually, uh, I think that about wraps us up almost. Um, I think, has everyone spoke? Um, oh, no, Kev, Kev, Kevin, how about Kevin you? Did. Yeah, that was Oh, it. Kevin he did. Just... <laughs> What, oh, about me? Anything, what did yeah. I do? <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, cool. Well, that actually, um, I think that about um, wraps us up almost. Actually, uh, there's no um, unless anyone has any has any other things to uh, mention quickly before we start closing things down. Anyone? No. Uh, I've got some shout outs. If that's okay. Yeah. Out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to shout out to Evolved Male. I watch him on Twitch all the time. He streams Final Fantasy XIV stuff. Cool. Um, I warn you, though, if you do watch his streams, it is very not safe for work. So, yeah. What ones are these days? It's a good stream, though. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've saved up 400, 380 of his currency now. So the next time he does his paid stream, 
I can make him take five shots of alcohol. So it's going to be interesting to see him pissed in like a couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> basically, what he does is, you, as you watch his stream or donate to him, you get part of his fake currency. Right. Uh, and then you, during certain streams, he'll let you use it to either make him take shots or do push-ups. While playing the game? While playing the game. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I vote push-ups, that's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's like 20 of his currency to make him do a push-up, so we, we kind of made him do it during a boss fight. It's hilarious. <laughs> we made him do 50, uh, 30 push-ups. <laughs> well, at least he stays fed. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, and there's also Phoenix Down Radio, which is another Final Fantasy XIV stream that I've been watching recently. Um, they're a good stream. They do they stream often. In fact, they do their own podcast using Twitch. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend giving them a, a quick listen there most nights. Yeah, that's All my right, shout out. Cool. Cool. Nice one, man. Um, wait. Well, um, let's um wrap things up. Uh, going through some contact details. Um, if you want to um contact me. You can do so at uh, mike.harrodinson.psu.com. However, you can also contact the podcast in general at podcast.psu.com. Um, Neil, how can people um, contact slash stalk you? Uh, they can contact me on Twitter at Nesco. That's N-E-Z-Z-K-O. Neil.bolt at psu.com for email. And Son of Venom, or lowercase, or one word, for PSM. Nice one. Um, ben, how can people contact you? You can contact me at Chili underscore UK on Twitter, Chili on PSN, or ben.chilibellhall at psu.com. Also, email them to tell them that you want me to write reviews again. I know I've got a, a message before, but tell them. Cool, fair uh, play. Also, I'm close to 1,000 friends. Yay! Oh, wicked. Nice one, man. Um, um, Aaron, how about you, buddy? How can people contact you? Okay, you can catch me on Twitter. At Farshta, you can get my PSU mail, which is erin.farshni at psu.com. Uh, I'm on the forums as Farsh, and my PSN is uk-farsh. That's not an underscore, it's an actual dash. Yeah. Wicked. And Kevin, last but not least, how about you? PSN, Twitter, and email. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah, um... Now I lost it all. What the hell? <laughs> Dumb move. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as Mr. Waxweasel. I'm on PSU on the forums as Waxweasel. And I am on PSN as KipKebop92. I still regret that name. And <laughs> I'm going to say it every week until we can finally change it. <laughs> and uh, my email is kevin.rumbouts at psu.com but I'll write it in the description as well for those who cannot write it, like Neil. Cool. Cheers, buddy. Um, we Well, um, I think uh, <laughs> I think that just about wraps us out, doesn't it, Neil? Sorry, I think it does, yes. Yeah, it's cool. Well, let's just hope, um, well, obviously, if you are hearing this podcast, then everything recorded A-OK, in which case, awesome! Or in which case, you no. Did, you've missed the best thing ever, honest. <laughs> yeah um well um hopefully we'll be back um we um next uh, same time next week with episode 105 um i'm not sure who's hosting yet but we'll figure that out and uh, we hope you like the new format as well we're going to be um we're still kind of like 
playing around with things, but I think this is pretty much how we're going to go from now on. So um, hope, hopefully you guys like it. Um, uh, we do. <laughs> I think it um, made for a much more uh, diverse, interesting show. I certainly had a good time. And thanks yeah. for Neil um, for doing that. Yeah, and if you've got a question that you want to put into the show, do. You know, and we'll use that as our question of the week if it's good. Yeah, definitely, guys. Well, um, I won't um, end the show the usual way like I normally do. Cause it, um, I'll get you st- uh, start doing that another time, so I'll just end it in regular this time, just for that. <laughs> without any silly quotes and whatever. Um, well, that's been um, episode 104, guys. Thanks for joining us, and thank you to you guys as well for being on the show. It's been good to be back again and good to pretty much talk to most of you. I don't think I've actually spoken on um, to you, actually, uh, voice to voice, as ages. it were. Yeah, especially, with, especially Ben. And um, Kevin as well. So, yeah, it has been quite a long time. So um, it's good to be back. Um, I will, um, well, we will catch you again, hopefully this time next week, guys. Um, that's it from us. See you later, chaps. See you. Bye. 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 Ciao.